my soul refused to be comforted. Anybody like that here tonight? I can assure you that you're here. You may be isolated behind your, the veneer of <clears throat> your personality, but you're here and you're in, you are in our midst. Verse number three, I remembered God and was troubled. I complained and my spirit was overwhelmed. Selah. Thou holdest mine eyes waking. I am so troubled that I cannot speak. I have considered the days of old, the years of ancient times. I call to remembrance my song in the night. I commune with mine own heart and my spirit made diligent search. Will the Lord cast off forever? And will he be favorable no more? Is his mercy clean gone forever? Does his promise fail forevermore? David's pain evidently had driven him to the place to question not only God's omnipresence, but God's desire to see David through this. Verse number 9, Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he in anger shut up his tender mercy, Selah? This shows what happens when we may not have the missing pieces of the puzzle. We begin to contemplate, we begin to analyze, we begin to try to fill in the blanks through our own wisdom, our own mind. And sometimes that can get us in trouble. But David shows us that he found and did push the right button. Verse number 10, and I said, this is my infirmity, but I will remember... Everybody say, I will remember. The years of the right hand of the Most High, I will remember. Everybody said, I will remember. The works of the Lord, surely I will remember. Everybody said, I will remember. Thy wonders of old, I will meditate also of all thy work and talk of thy doings. Thy way, O God, is in the sanctuary. Who is so great a God as our God? David had problems in his present. His carnal mind was running to and fro, trying to put in the missing pieces of the puzzle. But he found the right door when he said, I will remember. I will remember. Hebrews chapter 10. Praise God. There's a spirit of expectation here tonight. And uh, I am absolutely certain that God is going to meet with us in a special way tonight. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 10, and begin reading in verse number 31. Praise God. Who's this good-looking good guy on the front row? Some guy that fell off a roof, huh? Okay. Uh, we're just having fun with this, this good man here. Hebrews 10, begin reading in verse 31. The writer says, It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But call to remembrance. But call to remembrance the former days. In which, after you were illuminated, speaking after you had become a child of God, you endured a great fight of afflictions. Partly, while she were made a gazing stock, both of reproaches and afflictions, and partly while you became companions of them that were so used. For you had compassion of me and my bonds, and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that you may have in heaven a better and an 
enduring substance. Cast not away therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward. For you have need of patience that after you have done the will of God you might receive the promise. But call to remembrance the former days. I want to speak to you for a few moments tonight on a call to remembrance. A call to remembrance. God in heaven, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for the presence that we feel here tonight. We believe, oh God, in a mighty move of the Holy Ghost this week. Father, I pray that the expectation is satisfied, God, in faith. We ask in the name of Jesus that every hindering power and every force of darkness that would hide within the bosom of man to rise up against a move of God would be bound in Jesus' name. We command it to flee this place in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We ask it in faith. We ask it expectingly and we ask it in the almighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Everybody said amen. And let's give the Lord a hand pray. Hallelujah. You may be seated. A call to remembrance. It's an interesting thing that we find in Hebrews chapter 10. We find that the writer of this great book is telling the reader to call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated you endured a great fight of afflictions. Anybody that's lived for God for any short amount of time can tell you that there's a struggle involved in coming out of that world. There's a struggle involved in putting down the things of the flesh. There's a struggle indeed when you separate yourself from friends and family that may be opposed to the work of God that's immediate in your life. But the writer here is saying to remember the former days because you endured a great fight. Of afflictions hallelujah hallelujah did you know that that gray matter between your ears has got some power that's right it's the most powerful thing that you possess outside of the Holy Ghost did you know that psychologists say that 10,000 thoughts go through a human mind every day Hallelujah. Now some people may act like they ain't got enough sense to tie their shoes, but scientists tell you you got 10,000 thoughts going through your mind. That adds up to 3,500,000 thoughts a year. Even though your brain will forget more than 90% of what you learned during your lifetime, it may still store up as much as 10 times more information than there is in the Library of Congress's 17 million volumes. Turn to your neighbor and say, I didn't know you was that smart. Now, the other guy tell him, man, I didn't think he's that smart either. Hallelujah. Those are some staggering figures, but it's true. The most powerful tool that we possess outside the baptism of the Holy Ghost and the Word of God, which is spirit and life, is your mind. Hallelujah. There were some scientists that got together and compared 
the human mind to a computer. And they broke it down and analyzed if they could break the human mind down to the size of the components that were made in the Saturn rocket that took uh, the men to the moon. That it would take a machine the size of the United Nations building in New York City. It would take a cooling system with the output equal to the Niagara Falls. Hallelujah. It would take a power source that would produce as much electricity as is used in homes and industry in the entire state of California. Praise God for your mind. Now, you may not think that you've got much going on up there, but I'm going to tell you what. If you've got a sound mind, you've got a good thing. If you've got a sound mind, you've got the greatest thing in this world, this side of heaven, outside of the Holy Ghost. Because there's a world running Harry Carey, listening to the voices in their mind. Hallelujah. Let's praise God for a sound mind. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. One of the most important and powerful aspects of the human mind is the memory. It is the memory that serves as the link between the past and the present and gives the human imagination faith for the potential of the future. Hallelujah. If our brain is in disarray, it makes us question the present if we don't have a connecting link with the past. Now some of you are already ready to drift tonight because your memory is so saturated. When it gets to this point of the service, you turn your UHF on and you start searching the channels out. But I'm here to tell you, if you get a sound mind out of this revival, it will be the greatest thing that you possess this side of heaven. The devil seeks to confuse your mind. Hallelujah. It is the memory or the the memory part of the human mind that serves as a tool for the basis of faith, hope, and the expectation of victory for the future. Now, you here tonight may say, well... You know, I come here week in and week out, and and I need a little pep up, and I need a little zip in my step. But if you can activate your memory tonight and find out what the Word of God says about the power in your memory banks, you can walk out of here as spiritual Geronimo because of the power that God's put within your grasp in your memory. And I'm going to show you why the devil's got a bullseye on your memory because he doesn't want you to put two and two together. Hallelujah. Now the devil may have ran around here and had a rampage, but I'm in town to kick him out of here. And we're going to have church. And we're going to have revival. And we're going to have a move of God. And we're going to claim some things that maybe were taken. And we're going to have that which is rightfully ours. Oh, yes, we are. Bless your heart. We're going to have revival because that book says it's ours. There ain't nobody that can stop us but us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Speaking of the power of your memory, Paul said in 1 Corinthians, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved. If... No, you may have heard the gospel at one time. And you may have responded to the gospel with the receiving of the Holy Ghost. But there's an if there. 
I don't care how long ago you spoke in tongues. You need to have an active, current relationship. Hallelujah. That moves you into a lost and dying world to be motivated by the love of God which seeks to save that which is lost. Hallelujah. Paul said, if you keep in memory what I preached unto you unless you have believed in vain. Your memory serves as the basis connect, connecting what you heard to what you are. Hallelujah. The writer of the book of James said it well. He said, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith, 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 Oh, brother. The trying of your faith worketh patience. Hallelujah. He said, knowing this, knowing this, you have to have a prior basis to know that God's trying to put some patience in you or else you're currently on the squirrel cage of turmoil. Not knowing where you're at with God. Not knowing what He wants of you to do. Not knowing the perfect and good will of God. Hallelujah. Use your memory. Hallelujah. Our remembering God's purposes in our individual development gives us a basis for faith, patience, and endurance. Hallelujah. But if you can get caught up with the bills and the worries and all the stuff of today, you have no link with what God did for you yesterday and the day before that and last Sunday and three months ago last Sunday and six months ago last Sunday. He wants to build your faith. Let's put our hands together for him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. James put his finger on the problem when he said, Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. Hallelujah. But be ye doers of the word, and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. When you don't make the link between what you heard and what you're supposed to do, you end up deceiving your own self. I don't care how much preaching, how much anointing this comes on this pastor. If you don't do what the Word says, you deceive your own self. Your memory is your greatest tool to build your faith. Hallelujah. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like unto a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He's talking about looking in a mirror. Hallelujah. For he beholds himself, goes his way, and straightway forgets what manner of man he was. It's like looking in the mirror, seeing that your hair is messed up, see, or you combed your hair or whatever, and you turn around and walk away and forget what you saw. And when we let the Word of God slip from our understanding or a good move of God on Sunday and Tuesday we're struggling with lust or fear or anger, you are deceiving your own self. Hallelujah. 
But whoso looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues therein, he being not a forgetful, not a forgetful here, not a forgetful. Hallelujah. Why do we forget the things we need and remember the things we don't want to think about? Who's at work there? Who's at play there? Who's keeping you from working on your base of faith? There's somebody on the other side in the unseen world that wants to pollute your memory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deed. It not only takes a hearer, it takes a doer. And when you're a hearer and a doer, you begin to build on that foundation laid by the apostles, laid by the prophets, put in there by Jesus himself. But when every week just becomes a little hypodermic spiritual jump that you get in the spirit and you forget about it on Tuesday, you're a forgetful hearer and you need to renew some things in your mind tonight. You need to kick the devil out of your life and say, I'm going to have revival. I'm going to get what I need. I'm going to have healing. I'm going to have deliverance. I'm going to have whatever I want. The devil ain't big enough to take it away from you. You've got to give it to him. Now, some of you are looking like you looked at me three months ago. That's all right. God's got your number. He's trying to help you tonight. Hallelujah. The power of the memory is something that God utilized in man ever since calling out uh, Israel out of Egypt. Hallelujah. God required that the uh, priesthood put fringes and ribbons and pomegranates on the bottom part of their garments. And the Bible says it shall be unto you for a fringe that you may look upon it and remember all the commandments of the Lord and to do them. God put experiences in our walk with God that we would be able to look back to Him and have a memorial to be able to look to it and say, hey, uh, I don't care what the devil's saying. I got a memorial there. I got something I can remember. I got a testimony by a sister that said she got touched. I got a testimony by a brother that said he got healed. The pastor said I can have it. God says I can have it. The devil devil says, no, you can't. Whose reports do you believe tonight? What's in your memory that keeps you from building upon the basis in faith? Hallelujah. Probably one of the greatest memorials in the entire Old Testament was when God required them to put the blood on the doorpost of their abode. The Bible says, and the blood shall be to you for a token. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It shall be to you for a token. Some of you have let the devil tell you that you're guilty of certain things. Some of you have allowed the devil to make you a divided individual. You need to look back to your token. You need to look back to your memorial. You need to look back to an old rugged cross, the greatest memorial of all time, and say it's all taken care of right there. Hallelujah. But your memory is so caught up with day-to-day affairs, you can't use it. Your memory is the greatest tool you have to build and exercise your faith. God went on to say, 
When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you. When I smite the land of Egypt, when God begins to send the death angels of destruction across this world, those that remember and have the blood on their lives and know that the atonement is fresh on the doorpost of their heart, hallelujah, you're not going to be destroyed. His hand's on you. You got a memorial to stand on. You got a memorial to build revival. You got a memorial to have whatever you want unless you're so caught up with bills and anxiety and fear that you're caught up in today you got no link with the past you may have spoken tongues once you may have enjoyed the good word of God you may have went down in Jesus name but if you got no connecting link to build your faith on then you're caught in today and you're on the squirrel cage of turmoil hallelujah we need to apply the blood to our memory tonight. Every single person in this building needs to go out of here with a renewed understanding, with a renewed mind. Hallelujah. Some of you, it's been years since you've had a breakthrough. It's been so long than the precious flow of the Holy Ghost. Why? Because the devil has kept you on the run and hardened your heart and caused you to lose hope and caused you to lose faith. That's never the will of God. The devil's trying to build your memory when the Word of God and the man of God and the Spirit of God are trying to keep your memory fresh on the experiences of spiritual memorials. Let's put our hands together for the Lord. Exodus 13 and 3. Moses said unto the people, Remember this day in which you came out of Egypt, out of the house of bondage, for by strength and the hand of the Lord brought you out of this place. Why do you think the Lord allowed all those pestilences of flies and frogs and water being turned to blood on all Pharaoh's house so the children of Israel could know our God can do it all. Our God can do anything to form a basis in the memory that our God can do it. Why do you think he had the Red Sea like walls of glass on each side to build it in your memory that my God can do anything. Why do you think he led him by a pillar of fire by night uh, and cloud by day? Because their God's able to do anything. But if your memory's been saturated with the affairs of today, you need a renewal of your memory. There's a whole population in this church that I've just pointed out your problem. And I'm not here to get response as much as I am to get you your lifesaver. The criteria of whether this is successful tonight is not whether you jump up and bite the ceiling. But it's whether you actually make the change. Whether you actually respond in faith. Whether you actually take this preach word and take it for what it is and say, I'm getting out of my box. I'm getting out of my cocoon. I'm getting out of this balloon. I'm getting out of my three-cornered room in which the devil's got me cornered. And I'm going to have revival. I'm going to have the Holy Ghost. I'm going to have a move of God in my family and in my community. Israel in the wilderness, it's recounted so graphically in not only the book of Numbers, but also in the book of Hebrews. Give us a very graphic illustration. Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 10, he said these things were written 
so that you might know that they were just for an example. The nation of Israel forgot. They failed to build the move of God that they experienced. The supernatural uh, display of God's right arm, if you please. They forgot to build shelves in their mind to stack the treasures of faith on, to believe God to go into the promised land. God brought them right up to the brink of the promise. And because they didn't believe, they came back with an evil report. They said, we can't do it because they didn't keep in their memory. They didn't understand. God said it, and that settles it. God said it, and it's going to happen. Some of you question God's word so much because you're caught up in the realm of today. Numbers 14, the spies were sent, and you know the story well. God said, bring back a report of the land. The only two things they saw was the condition of the land, which was good, and the size of their enemies. Some of you know heaven's going to be great. But you've already made up in your mind that the price tag's too great. Oh, you come here in body. You clap your hands and run the aisles and do your little thing. But I'm here to tell you, God's designed you to be a tailor-made saint, a tailor-made devil chaser, to have power and victory in your scope of influence in your world. Not just sat in a little church and count the time till you get out of here, but influence and impact your community for a God that's already paid for it all and already put it in your lap. Let's put our hands together for the king. Hallelujah. 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 The book of Hebrews says this about this particular group of people that I've been explaining to you. Hallelujah. The Bible says this. For some, when they had heard the word of God, did provoke... Howbeit not all that came out of Egypt by Moses, but with whom was he grieved forty years? Was it not with them that had sinned, whose carcasses fell in the wilderness? Some of you are in the wilderness tonight. Why do you think that God provided quail from an eastern wind? You need to read the book of Numbers. I'm telling you what. It'll let you know exactly where you're at, friend. You cry and God delivers. You want something and God gives it. Why is he doing that? He wants you to understand in your memory that the same yesterday, today, and forever. He can do it. It don't matter what your child looks like. It don't matter what the land looks like. It don't matter where your family's at. It don't matter where your community's at. Bigger is he. Greater is he than he that is in the world. Some of you have brought up an evil report and you believed it. Because you've not believed that he that brought quail from an eastern wind. He that brought water from a rock. He that put shoes that never rotted. He that brought you out with a mighty hand is not able to do it today. Why? Because you've closed the door on your memory. You're living from day to day. Fear, anxiety, doubt, guilt, and shame. The writer went on to write, please listen closely. And to whom did God swear that they should not enter into his rest, but to them that believe not? God uses the memory to build faith so that we'll believe God for anything he leads us to in our ministry or our individual walk. But if God's constantly got to be backtracking, God's totally going in a forward momentum, I want you to get a revelation tonight. 
God chronologically is going forward in your walk. He cannot go back and reprogram what he did for you 10, 15, 20 years ago. That was supposed to be a done to build your faith so that today you're more powerful than you were then. But when we don't act on what we hear, we deceive our own selves. When we hear and do not, we deceive ourselves into thinking that we're something great or we're going somewhere great and we're hearers and not doers. saying brother mayo you're perfect i ain't perfect i've got a scratch and bite and kick for everything i get and keep in my soul why because the fowls of the air you don't think some people think the fowls of the air only attacking new converts and people will just hear the word of god you'll have fowls on your of the air perched on your shoulders all your christian walk and every time you hear a promise that god wants to give it and the devil sees it rejoice he's there to pick on a monday try to steal it on tuesday wear you out on wednesday make you sick on thursday take it from your life on friday and then sunday you're in the dumps again you need a revelation tonight. You're supposed to be further down the road than you were 10 years ago. God's not going to go back. The writer of Hebrews in chapter 6 said, We've already laid the foundation of baptism, laying on of hands, and the power of the resurrection. He said, Let's go on unto perfection. The writer of Hebrews goes on to say, so we see that they could not enter in because of unbelief. I have a question for you. Did they have a basis for their unbelief? They had no basis for unbelief. When you read through the Word of God, one of the things that just brings tears to my eyes, if I'm in just the right, the right frame of mind, I'll just start weeping. Because here was a God leading his people time and time again. They needed provision. They needed healing. They needed deliverance. They needed a way out. They needed water out of a rock. They needed a flame of fire by night. They needed a place to go, something to eat. They needed living manna from heaven. And God delivered. God gave. God went out of his way. God did it over and over again. They had no excuse for unbelief. But some of you are in so much turmoil because of the job, the rent. Why do you think the devil's attacking you? He's trying to get your mind off what God's trying to do. He's trying to keep you in a perpetual state of building your foundation over. But another foundation can no man lay. It's already been put there. Now build on it. Believe on it. Build on it. It's a sure foundation. It's a true foundation. It'll work if you believe. Hebrews chapter 4 starts up with this. Let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached, as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Where were their minds? Where in the world were the minds of those people?
John chapter 14 gives us an aspect of the Holy Ghost. Very beautiful portion of scripture. The Lord says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. The Holy Ghost is that, con is that aspect that God puts in us to bring the Word of God to our mind. But if we've gotten our hearts hard and we have not believed and we do not exercise faith, the Word that the Holy Ghost gives to us when we need it most will not profit us. How does this happen? I don't need that just yet anyway. How does this process happen in our lives? Please listen closely. I'm trying to help. Satan is called in the book of Ephesians the prince of the power of the air. There are three dimensions of the heavenlies. The third dimension is God's throne. Paul said, and I believe it was 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he said, I was taken up into the third heavens. And I heard things I was, it was unlawful for me to utter. There is a second spiritual heaven, which is the spiritual realm in which the angels of the Lord and the demonic forces in which the prince of the power of the air reign. And then, of course, there is the first dimension of the heavens which is visible it's physical it's that which can be seen with the naked eye but it's in that second dominion that we have our problem because you see before you ever get anything from God or before you ever touch God's throne in the third dimension you've got to go through the second heaven you've got to push your way through you've got to make your uh, situation known you've got to put Push through in faith and in belief that you will receive in time of need. After you've come boldly and push the prince and the fowls of the air out of your way in the second heavens. There's a war going on. Was it something I said? Now devil, you ain't going to use this PA. This is sanctified and holified. Hallelujah. This is a holy place. Get on out of here, Slewfoot. You ain't got no place in here. So it's in the second heavens that the devil has got his throne. He is called the prince of the power of the air. Now listen closely. There are three states of the human mind. According to 1 Corinthians chapter 2. The natural man cannot receive the things of the Spirit because they are spiritually discerned. The natural mind, the natural man, is everybody that's outside these walls tonight that doesn't have the Holy Ghost. You know, sometimes I wonder if I had to make my messages more basic. I'm told the mind can only take what the seat can endure. Maybe we need to pad our pews a little better. You know, maybe get the, get the legs where they come out and have a little control. And just get you real. Yeah, then they'll go to sleep. There's a natural mind. 
The second aspect, a condition of the human mind, is the carnal mind. It is an individual that's been spiritually regenerated through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but walks in the flesh. You're carnal. And then the third mind is the spiritual mind. It's a mind that is walking in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And it's being transformed, not conformed to this world, by the transforming of the renewing of your mind. It is the carnal mind that is the doorway to the second heavens. Now, I'm trying to help you tonight. Some of this is going to be information. More, Don't think that we got to jump and bite the ceilings and slap each other on the back to have church. If we're going to have revival and take the city, we got to know who we are, what we are, what our power is, what our weapons are, and who our enemy is. If we're just robotic, cookie-cutter Christians that jump up and down and Sunday we need another fix, we're not building our faith and we're not exercising our memory. And I'm persuaded better things of you. But it is the carnal mind that serves a duality. Because you see, it's the carnal man that is part spiritual, but walks in the flesh. So that puts a duality in the mind. Now listen closely. The carnal part of the carnal mind will leave an open door to the second heavens and the prince of the power of the air can plant thoughts Suggestions, words, faces, pictures to motivate your emotions, to put you in bondage. It's the spiritual part of the mind that's supposed to put those thoughts in check to find out if they're of God or of the devil. And if you're not prayed up and you don't have the word of God at your fingertips and let your finger do the walking, thoughts and faces and emotions will operate without you wondering where they're from. You'll think they're from you. I'm not trying to be a comedian. I'm trying to show you what happens in your lives when you can't get free of bondage and you can't have freedom and you can't understand that God is going to completely move your world and do anything for you if you have faith. But there are forces that don't want you to know that. We're in a battle. I get so sick and tired of hearing people say, well, you're just the Pentecostals and we're just the Baptists. Baloney. We're people that know Him and you're people that think you know Him. And if I'm walking right and talking right, you're supposed to see Him through me. You're supposed to feel something from me. You're supposed to see something different from a Spirit-filled Christian. But the devil knows that and he's trying to stop us. And when we're carnal and we don't pray, we don't fast, we don't have fellowship in the Holy Ghost, we don't do things that are spiritually edifying, but we do what feels good and what sounds good to the carnal mind, it's no wonder you got problems. It's no wonder you bother this pastor. It's no wonder that everybody is, is caught up with your confusion. Why? And the, the simple answer is you're carnal. And so I finally laid a foundation for where I'm going next. Three heavens, the devil operates in the second one. 
The carnal mind has a dual nature, spiritually and carnal. The carnal side will allow an open door to the prince of the power of the air. Now I'm told you, you can keep a bird from, from building a nest in your tree, but you can't stop them from flying over. That's a beautiful analogy of how the devil works. He can just fly by, see if you respond to a thought, and if you let it linger, whether it's worry, doubt, lust, fear, anxiety, he'll just perch on your shoulder and talk as long as you listen. And the more you listen, more fowls congregate until you got a whole tree full of buzzards. You need to kick those things out of your tree tonight and get a spiritual mind. Get a mind full of faith. Get a heart full of the Holy Ghost. Get behind the move of God. Get behind revival. Get behind region souls. Get behind what this thing's all about. You can have it. The book says you can. Whose report will you believe? 2 Corinthians chapter 10 gives us the missing piece of our puzzle. Listen closely. Paul said, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. No, he's not saying he's out doing a bunch of fleshly acts. He's saying we're still in this mortal body. But he's saying because some guy's a jerk, you don't haul off and deck him. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. Now don't tune your, keep your antenna on the Word of God, please, for your sake. I'm going to show you something tonight that I've had to deal with all my Christian life, and I'll probably never will get done with dealing it. And you won't either. I want to share some information with you. 2 Corinthians 10 goes on to say this. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down. But you need to savor every word there because it's giving us the indication of how this thing works. The Bible says mighty through God. What are our weapons? Listening to James Dobson on the radio dial? Listen to the Magruders or somebody else. Baloney. Your weapons are prayer in the Holy Ghost. Building up your most holy faith. Pulling down strongholds as God reveals them to you in your mind. But if you don't pray and you don't seek the things of God, you won't understand what's on the other side. Working against you and keeping you in a constant state of today. So these strongholds, 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, 4 says, pulling down of strongholds. These are situations that have been lifted up. They're up. They're up. And that's why the tools of God, uh, prayer, fasting, fellowship in the Holy Ghost, uh, meditating upon the Word of God, spending time in rumination as the Holy Ghost leads and directs your life will cause you not to lift up barriers, but actually pull these. I've actually done it in the Holy Ghost. I'm, I'm not lifting myself up. It's just a tool that God gives every child of God through the Holy Ghost. You can actually pull that thing down and not listen to its lies anymore. 
I'm coming against that spirit hard tonight. You've got to get this so you can be what you're supposed to be. You can be something that God shed blood to save. Now listen to the components of what the Bible calls a stronghold. And some of you have lived so long with your strongholds, you've actually bent your life to walk in accordance with them. You're not right. You're not whole. Instead of walking upright, you've learned to walk like this. Why? Because a stronghold has been there so long and robbed you of your faith and robbed you of every memory of a testimony of a healing of power of deliverance of salvation to keep you on the squirrel cage of today that word strongholds actually means fortress you ever seen one of those old pictures pastor of a fortress one of those castles in the medieval times it's exactly what the writer had in mind is one of those fortifications like the walls of Jerusalem they just have a wall and then a city in the center these strongholds that the writer is talking about here has a nucleus that means there's a center and there's a fortification around it so that you don't really get to the heart of the matter listen to what I'm saying tonight it's a fortress it's, it's got a nucleus with a wall around it. And that word stronghold actually means fortress. It has towers. It has cupolas where the enemy can shoot fiery darts. He's got towers. It's not just a wall. It's got uh, provi- provisions of embankments. So the outer wall, he goes from the outside in to describe the elements of this stronghold. It's called a stronghold. It's a fortress. The outside walls are made of this. Listen to this. Casting down imaginations. Some of you, your mind just runs. The devil just tells you anything he wants to. He's got you running to and fro. You don't know if you're up. You don't know if you're down. You don't know if the pastor loves you, hates you from one day to the next because you're listening to imaginations. You got a stronghold in your life. And you know, Sister Elder, she gave me a dirty look last Sunday. And, and Wild Bill, oh man, you talk about a real... Mm. What am I describing? I'm describing the outer walls. There's something in the center that those opinions, those analyzings are hiding and trying to protect. And I may have not hit your, your analyzing voice, but when your self-analyzing takes more precedent than the book, I've done that. I've, I've overanalyzed things and got myself in big trouble till I figured out what God was trying to show me. Pull that thing down and get on with walking in the Spirit. That thing's just an old rock in the way. Kick it out of the way. There's something on the other side of that. Now these outer walls of the strongholds that are called imaginations, a thought, a face, an experience from the past, a mistake, a sin, a fault, anything, 
to keep you in bondage of condemnation, doubt, fear, guilt, anxiety, worry, shame. Anything that is not living in faith. This is the second component. And this is the nucleus of the stronghold. Every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. What's on the inside of that stronghold? What exalts itself against the knowledge of God? Do we need an intermission? Some of you look like we need intermission right now. I'm trying to reach you, man. I'm going to close down here in a couple minutes. But if you can just believe what I'm saying, it's information. It's not biting the ceiling. This is information. You're going to have to respond this by your own IQ and your own spiritual tenacity and perception. It's up to you to get free. God said, I've already shed blood. I've already given my spirit. I've already said it's all yours. It's up to you now. It's your move. You believe. You trust. You have faith. And God will do it. If we don't have revival, it's not God's fault. It ain't the devil's fault. It's our fault. There's only three things that I can think of that exalt themselves above the knowledge of God. We're going to get right down to where some of you are living. I'm not talking about lust. I'm not talking about fear. Those are the outer walls. Because on the other side of lust, there's something else. How about pride? Pride exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Well, I don't believe the pastor really knows what he's doing. I'm going to do my own thing. The second, and another one that will damn your soul. Unbelief exalts itself above the knowledge of God. Both of those, pride and unbelief, deny God's existence, deny His omniscience, deny His omnipresence, and they stand boldly in the face and knowledge of what God's put in your life. And they stand there just daring you to get riled about this tonight. Because they're saying tomorrow morning, you may get upset tonight, but tomorrow I'll be knocking on the door of your mind, trying to get in there and pollute your thoughts, get you all worried, get you all confused. You need to tear down the walls and say, from now on, every thought that comes through my mind, I'm going to check it. Where are you from? And where are you going? And then once the wall's down, you can go in and take the citadel. You can go in and take out unbelief. You can go out and knock out pride. But lust and fear and all these other things of the outer wall keep the center in position like the spindle of a wheel. And all the spokes are dependent upon it. Unbelief, pride, and listen, unforgiveness. Bitterness. Is built off unforgiveness. We'll be dealing with that in this revival. This is how the writer Paul says that we are to begin this process. <clears throat> First, he says, cast down imaginations. You have to check those imaginations. 
if they're obviously not of God, the Holy Ghost that God put in your life, if it operates through prayer, through study, through fellowship, through fasting, through the spiritual nutrition of the Word of God, it will operate to tell you where those thoughts are coming from. Some of you that need this most have turned me out already. The second thing we do is we bring every we bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Because it's the thoughts that build your stronghold brick by brick by brick. It was in the book of Nehemiah that the city of Jerusalem, what was, which is representation of the spirit of a believer, the heart of a believer, the heart of Israel was the city of Jerusalem. After the ark had been polluted by the Philistines, it once contained uh, the rod that, that uh, Aaron budded. It once contained the pot of living manna and the testimony uh, etched on two tables of stone. But when they got it back from the Philistines, it only contained the two testaments. The living word was gone and the rod that budded was gone. But it can get back in there. But you have to put it in there. You may have had an experience with the Word of God. You may have had an experience with God. You may have wanted to be something for God a long time ago. He may have given you a word of faith, a word of wisdom, a word of promise, something for your family, something for your future. And if you don't take it, you won't get it. You have to bring every thought captive. The Bible says, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. The Holy Ghost brings the Word of God through the power of the human memory. If your memory is completely pushed out of the way, then the Holy Ghost only can work on the present. But it, its design was to build shelves in your life of the past so that you can be more tomorrow than you are today. But if your past is totally being questioned and it's not totally under the blood and it's not totally right before God, you're in a total quandary as about today and you have no hope for the future. The Holy Ghost brings the Word of God alive from our memory. I'm going to start to pick up speed. It brings past blessings to your mind. It brings past victories to your mind. It brings past failures. Not to condemn, but so that you might learn. You might pick the meat off the bone of your failures, throw the bones away, they're under the blood, and use it to win the battle the next time. You need to get this tonight. Every experience can be used to your benefit if you're walking in the Holy Ghost because God will point out, you need this, you need that, you need that for another time, you need this for next week, you can use this on a sinner, you can use this when witnessing, but if it's not an operation, you're constantly in a turmoil about where am I today? The carnal mind, according to the Word of God, uh, is, is enmity. It is the enemy against God. You need to understand that the thoughts that come through that filthy filtering device called the carnal mind is actually the enemy of God. 
And it's up to you to get rid of God's enemies. Instead of having groves and high places and idols in your mind, you need to get rid of the enemies of God and keep the, keep the ground pure. Keep it fertilized in the Word. Keep it moist under the Holy Ghost. Keep it like a place ready to be planted to bring forth fruit. The enemy will seek to infiltrate your thought structures and keep you defeated. We are to forget some things. Paul said, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Paul was referring to past failures, past situations, anything that hinders your walk now. Paul was a man that persecuted Christians. He was a man that no doubt put some to death, had some put to death. He could have lived under uh, proverbial guilt and shame, even though he was in the Holy Ghost. He said he did it ignorantly, in unbelief. Unbelief was that stronghold that had him. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We were converted and saved yesterday. We are being saved today, and we shall be saved in the future. If you keep your mind under the blood. 1 Samuel chapter 30, and I'm closing. We have a beautiful story of David at Ziklag. David was on the run from Saul. Saul was back home fighting the Philistines. And uh, Saul was given a second chance to destroy all of the enemies. The Amalekites. And David and the mighty men of Israel came over the brow of a hill. They had had an encampment in a nice knoll, a nice little place amongst the trees. And it was a place of ref refreshment and rest from David's journey. Hallelujah. The exodus out of his own homeland had driven him to the outskirts and fringes of the territory. The Bible says when David and the mighty men of Israel came over the brow of that hill, they looked down and there was a fire in their camp. Their tents were on fire. Their belongings were on fire. What was left of them. Their wives, their children. Some of you need to get this. If you didn't get anything else tonight, please get this. I want my wife to come and get ready to play. Not to play, but get ready to play. And David came over the brow of the hill with all his mighty men. So all the men's families were gone. Now you need to, you need to get where I'm going tonight because you're going to make the analogy for your own life and you're going to get to have victory. <clears throat> the wives were gone. The kids were gone. Every goodly possession was gone. The only thing there was burning The thing that had destroyed David's camp were Amalekites. Now, you, have, you may have uh, come to God and been delivered of pornography, cussing, and alcoholism, but there may be some other things in there you've had to deal with. And if you're not careful, those other things will burn your camp and steal your joy and steal your victory and leave a burning, smoking residue for you to stare at the rest of your Christian walk. Please. 
So God leaves a residual there to keep as a monitor to keep you working. Because if you ever stop working, that thing will overtake you. But it monitors your progress because that will be used as a tool to make you an overcomer. Hallelujah. The devil's just a tool. But when the devil becomes the primary instead of the subsidiary, you're on the wrong side. Your memory's been defiled. Your mind is divided. You've closed your door on hope and faith and charity. And you're living in a day-to-day -day existence of looking at the smoke and just going from one patty cake to the next. There's joy tonight. There's victory tonight. But it's going to take something way down deep inside of you called faith. And David and the men came over and they saw their families gone. All they saw was smoke. And the mighty men of Israel, David's own men, turned on him. Two things I want to bring out about that. They were fixing to stone their leader. That represents two things. People in their worst point come after leadership. They will blame. The blame game. But the Amalekites was because someone else didn't kill him. It wasn't their present leader's fault. It wasn't David's fault. David got his family taken too. But because, and the second thing it represents is people have a tendency to condemn themselves. They turned inward instead of outward. They didn't say, let's go get them. They turned on leadership. They didn't say, hey, let's get together and go have a revival. They turned on leadership. They didn't say, hey, let's go back and get what's rightfully ours. They sat and moaned and groaned, and we couldn't, they couldn't cry anymore. They picked up stones to kill leadership. And the leadership in your life, which is your spiritual walk and mind and memory, will be overtaken if you don't watch it. But listen, and here's the key to where you can go tonight. David was turned on by the adversaries. And the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. That David began to recount some things. David began to remember his anointing. David began to remember a giant by the name of Goliath. David began to remember a bear and a lion. David began to remember when a prophet came and said you're the next king. David began to remember his conversion. David began to remember the word of God. David began to remember spiritual leadership. David began to remember some of you need to encourage yourself the word of God won't do it you are in control you have to do it you have to do it for yourself your family you've got to do it David remembered some things. When his worst point, it was all caving in on him. His family was gone. His own men turned on him. He didn't bawl and squall and just sit there and dry up and blow away. He remembered his God. He remembered the Holy Ghost. He remembered the things that happened Sunday and Sunday out when God gave you the victory. He remembered the testimony of an old sister that got her healing. He remembered the testimony of a new convert. He remembered some old saint of God that had money in the bank after a spell of dryness he encouraged himself in the Lord listen closely I'm not gonna just point your problem out I'm gonna I'm gonna minister to you and help you lead you out hallelujah 
there's preachers and there's ministers. Preachers will push your button and stand back. Ministers will push your button and help you out. And I'm still being made a minister, so y'all bear with me. But David encouraged himself in the Lord. And that vehicle of encouragement, that vehicle of being able to lay the foundation all over and release faith, got a hold of God. And God said one word, pursue. God said, go after it. Go get it. God said, you can have it. God said, you're going to get not only what's yours, you're going to take a spoil. God said, get after it, boy. Go and take it. I'm with you. Let's stand to our feet. David, David got his word. Hallelujah. He pursued. The Bible says, Pastor, some of the men were weak from their journey. Some of them, and David only took a portion with him. But the Bible says, they went and destroyed the Amalekites. Hallelujah. They not only got back what was theirs, unscratched, untouched. It was a test for David, but he got the spoil of the enemy. And when he came back, he not only had enough for his own men, he gave to those that were too weak to make the trip. Some of his men said, hey, don't give to them. They didn't fight. They weren't able. Some of you are weak. Some of you are lame. Some of you are out of the way. But get out of the way and pray for some of us that'll go and take it for you. And then David shared it with him. David gave back which was theirs. David gave to every man, whether they went or not. Hallelujah. Just because they were a part of the people. Because one man encouraged himself. One man can bring a whole family together. One man can reach a whole city. But it's so much better if you got some mighty men that'll back you up. If you got some mighty men that'll release faith. If you got some people that'll make the trip. If you got some people that are too lame, just get out of the way and pray for us. And then when we get back and we get real revival, we'll give abundantly to you. We're not going to hoard it. We're doing this for everybody involved. This is for you and your kids and your further generations. This is for whosoever will. This is for anybody and everybody. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. Hallelujah. Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. Jesus on my side. Jesus is with me. I can't sing. You know it and I know it, so I'm not going to try it. But I'm going to tell you something. Some of the greatest wars, and you all listen close because I am finishing. Some of the greatest wars that have ever been fought on the face of the earth have caused nations and men and kings and military men to build memorials. The memorials that were built from the Vietnam War, World War II, the Civil War, the Spanish-American War, the Persian effort, Persian Gulf effort, are a testimony to man's wanting to remember some things. There are certain things that have to take place in a conflict for there to be a memorial. That has to be the shedding of blood. You already getting where I'm going? There has to be something worth fighting for. There has to be the defending. There has to be something worth defending for there to be a fight. 
You need to hear this preacher tonight. There needs to be something worth defending for there to be a fight. And then when the blood's been shed and the lives have been destroyed and you remain a victor because he's already shed the blood, he's already won the war, he's already given the power, all you've got to do is use your memory and believe. But I'm told, I'm persuaded to believe, that it's only been in the last 50 to 60 years the men have had to wear dog tags. Because when you get in heavy fighting and you're killed, there's only one way you can be identified. And that's by your dog tags. I'm told the dog tags have certain information on there. Listen closely. You got your dog tags on tonight? It's got your name. It's got your rank. It's got your branch of service. I like this next one. It's got your blood type on there. Whose blood you got running through your veins there? And then last but not least, it's got religion on the bottom. What religion are you? Okay. Your name, whether you know it or not, when you were baptized and bought with a price, is turned into Bill Jesus Christ. What? You're not your own. You got a you got a you got a name that only God knows. You got a name that's written in the book of life. You got a name that's gonna last for eternity. Hallelujah. Bill Jesus, Rick Jesus, Pastor uh, Carl Jesus. Your rank is a child of God. Hallelujah. Some of you need to look at your dog tags and encourage yourself in your battle tonight. Uh, hallelujah. Your branch of service is Church of the Living God. Uh, not a little denomination, not some little church in Hutchinson that just goes through the motions, but power, authority, and the Holy Ghost. Uh, your blood type is royal blood. Hallelujah. Your blood type ain't A negative or B positive. It's royal. It's efficacious. It's propitiary. It's the atonement of the ages. It's holy. It's righteous. It's regal. It's royal. It's all powerful. It's all consuming. It's all wise. Indivisible. Omniscient. Omnisapient. Ubiquitous. Hallelujah. Jurisprudent. Hallelujah. Axiomatic. Hallelujah. The blood of Jesus Christ. What's your religion? Hallelujah. I'm going to take me a little walk of encouragement tonight. I'm ready to get in a fight. Hallelujah. Anybody want to walk with me? I'm taking it. Hallelujah. Away. Bring your dog tags. Come on. The devil don't Hallelujah. I got my blood. I'm, taking I'm ready to get in a fight. I'm ready to get in a fight this week. Don't, don't go march unless you're ready to fight. Don't march unless you're going to have a war. Taking it back. Come on, sing it. What the devil done stole from me. I'm, I'm taking, taking it back. back. Come on, sing it. Oh, what the, the devil, devil done taken from me. I'm taking it back. back. Oh, by the blood's authority. Woo! Jesus said I could cross that line. Take back all that's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me. I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me, I'm taking it back. Well, by the blood's authority. I'm ready to fight. I'm ready to get in the battle. 
I can't lose. It's a no-win situation. It's a no-lose situation. The devil can't win. The devil's got to lose. He's already defeated. What the devil done stole from me. I'm taking it back. By the blood's authority. By the blood's authority. Jesus said I could cross that line. Take back all the trouble of mine. And I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me. I'm, I'm taking it back. back. What, what the, the devil, devil done stole from me. I'm, I'm taking it back. back. In the, the blood's authority. Jesus said I could cross that line. Take back all the trouble of mine. I'm taking it back. What the, what the devil, devil done stole. Come on, sing it, folks. I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me. I'm taking it back. By the blood's authority. Jesus said I could cross that line. Take back all the trouble in mine. Now I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me. Okay, hold it. Keep marching, folks. Now some of you look kind of serious, and some of you don't look too serious. Keep walking, I want to read a scripture to you. Hallelujah. Now I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now has come salvation and strength in the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down who's going to do the casting god all you got to do is believe it i'm taking it back which accuse the brethren before our god day and night the devil don't recognize the blood he just keeps accusing you're the one that has to stand on the blood and just say that's a lie that's a joke that don't work He'll keep yelling, he'll keep barking, but you've got to have the power. You've got to recognize the blood. He don't, rec he don't recognize propitiation. He don't see efficaciousness. He don't see the power of the atonement. He just accuses day and night. And if he can get you to believe it, that's all he's hoping. You'll believe it. He's, that's all he's hoping. That maybe he'll get his foot in the door. You can take it back. He stole it from it you. Back. God's given it to you. Oh, the gifts and callings are without repent. God don't want it back. God gave it to you. He said, here, you take it. I gave it to you because I loved you. I gave it to you. It's a gift. I won't take it back. But the devil's a thief. What the devil done stole from me, I'm, I'm taking, taking it back. By the blood's authority, Jesus said I could cross that line. Take back all the trifle in my yes. I'm taking it back. Woo, I'm what taking the it. devil done stole from me, I'm, I'm taking, taking it back. back. What the devil done stole from me, I'm taking it back. By the blood's authority. Take back all the trifle in my hand. I'm taking it back. What the devil does? Woo! I'm taking it back. The devil can't stop you. What the, the devil, devil will mock. The devil will lie. The devil will accuse. The By devil the will tell authority. lies. The devil will make up stuff. Jesus the devil will I suggest. The devil just talks. He's a liar. He's an accuser. I'm He's full of hot air. 
take it back, take it back, take it back. What the devil done stole from me, I'm taking it back. By the blood's authority. Jesus said I could cross that line to take back all that's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me, I'm, I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole wow. from me, I'm taking it back. Yes. By the blood's authority. Jesus said I could cross that line and take Have back all that's rightfully mine. God's on I'm your side. I'm taking it back. God's saying go what for it. What the devil stole from me, I'm taking it back. God's saying go for it tonight. God's saying take it. God's saying here's the weapons. God's saying I brought it to you. Grab it. I presented it to you. Run with it. I won't stop you. The gifts and callings are without repentance. I don't want it back. I've given it to you. I've paid for it. I've shed it forth. Take it and go with it. The devil's a liar. The devil's full of hot air. The devil's an accuser. The devil's a suggester. But I'm taking it back. Wow! Go for me. I'm taking it back. Jesus has already given you the weapons. By the blood's authority. Jesus said I could cross that line and take back all that's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me, I'm taking it back. I'm going after souls. What the devil done stole from me, I'm, I'm taking going it back. after souls that the devil's taken. By the blood authority. I don't oh, care where Jesus they're at. I don't care what they've done. I don't care who they are. I'm mine. taking it back, I'm devil. I'm taking it back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm taking it back. What the devil has shown for me? I'm taking it back. Oh, the blood of My God, there's a move in the Holy Ghost. Jesus said I could cross that line and take back all that's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil has shown for me? Man, I feel God. Taking it back. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost. What the devil has shown for me? I'm taking it back. By the blood of authority, Jesus said I could cross that line and take back all that's rightfully mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me? I'm taking it back. You can have it. Oh, what the devil done stole from me? God's already given it to you. God gave it to you as a gift. God don't want it back. He don't want it back. He wants you to have it. He wants you to enjoy it. He wants your family saved. He wants your city saved. What the devil done stole from me? I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me? I'm taking it back. Woo! By the blood's authority, Jesus said I could cross that line, take back all the trouble of mine. I'm taking it back. What the devil done so Come on, somebody take it. it Come on, don't listen to the devil. The devil Call him a liar and take it back. It back. Just reach out and grab it. You're a liar. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a robber. He's a murderer. He's an accuser. He's not even real. His words are lies. God don't want the gifts back. He's already given to you. He wants you to enjoy them. He says, you take them. Give them to your family. Live on them. Enjoy them. I don't want them back. They're without repentance. The gifts and callings are without repentance. 
If he calls you, he wants you. If he touched you, he wants you. If he sanctified you, he wants you. He don't want to take it back. He wants you to have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah! What the devil done so for me? I I'm take taking it back! back. Oh, By the, the blood's authority! Jesus said I could cross that line and take back all that trouble in mine. I'm take taking it back. What the devil does? Woo! Yeah, That's it. it Some of you are breaking through. That's what right. Some of you. Reach out and grab it. Reach out and get it. Call out a soul's name. Reach out and get it. Reach out and grab it. Take it. Take it. You've got the authority. My God. You've got it. What the devil done stole from me, I'm taking it back. What, what the devil done stole from me, I'm taking it back. I want it back. I'm getting it back. I won't take no for an answer. Jesus says yes. Jesus says yes. Jesus said yes. Jesus said yes. Jesus says yes. Jesus says yes. I'm taking it back. What the devil done stole from me, I'm taking it back. By the blood of thirteen, I could cross that line and take it back. I'm taking it back. Woo! I'm taking it back. What the devil stole from me, I'm taking it back. Yeah, yeah, yes. By the blood of thirteen, Jesus said I could cross that line and take back all the trouble in my Ah, taking it back what the devil done stole from me taking it back I'm taking it back I'm taking it back I'm taking it back come on come on some of you are touching God some of you are getting renewed minds. Some of you are breaking down some strongholds. But there's some of you, this has bounced off your armor. You need to let it soak in. You need to get a hold of it. You need to go up one notch. You need to reach out in this community and call out a soul. Call out a business owner. Call out a next door neighbor. Call out a loved one. Call out an ex-wife, an ex-husband, an aunt, an uncle, a grandma, a grandpa. They belong to you. Jesus bought them. Jesus already shed blood. You've got to reach out and claim them. Claim them. Claim it for the kingdom. Claim it for the kingdom. Claim it for the kingdom. Recover all! I'm taking it back. This city belongs to God. This city, the rebellious, they're angry, they're hateful. They belong to the Holy Ghost. Oh yes they do. We're taking it. We're taking it. We're not afraid to fight. 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 The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. God don't want it back. God don't want what he gave you. He wants you to have it. He just wants you to use it. God don't want it back. He don't want you giving it back. He wants you to use it. He paid for it. He loves you. He furnished it. Be thoroughly furnished. Be thoroughly furnished. Be thoroughly furnished. Be thoroughly furnished.
Let's go, musicians. Some of you are trying to give God back the gift. Pick it up and be of courage. Be of good courage. Encourage yourself. He's still alive. The blood's still there. The word's still good. The Holy Ghost is real. The word of God is true. God does exist. The devil's still a liar. Sin is still black. Hell is still hot. Heaven is surely certain. God is for you. God is for you. The Holy Ghost is on your side. God's on your side. God's on your side. You may not feel it. It don't matter. He's still on your side. It may not look like it. It don't matter. He's still on your side. You may not feel a thing. It don't even matter what you feel like. He's still on your side. taking it bad that's right that's right sisters some of these sisters let it go you got power some of you got power some of you got authority some of you sisters have got power with God let it out let it out God gave it to you he gave it to you to use he gave it to you to exercise he gave it to you to, to use Yeah, yeah, yeah!